Okay. Okay. So, uh, first of all, let me ask you, uh, and I don't, you know, I don't care either way, but what, what are your political leanings? Um, probably just k- kind of in the middle. You know, honestly, I, I'm kind of a liberal. I just don't. I'm a liberal that believes in personal responsibility. Um, so I guess that that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I see. I, I, I was pretty far to the left for a while. I think. I've been forced yeah. towards the middle by the by the current state of politics, but um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely from where I come from, way to the left of most people. But um, it is what it is. In this day, I don't think it really matters. I, I think the political wheel yeah. has kind of shifted a little bit. I, I'm not sure the same rules apply uh, that, that they did even ten years ago, as far as um, where where you fall politically. I think it's skewed so far to the left that it's kind of forced everybody out of the left so yeah so uh i'm a libertarian yeah. um so uh this what this show is is this is essentially a roundup every weekend i do this show it's like a roundup it's called politically or politics weekly it's a roundup of all the news uh weekly um so the first and this week it is the fourth of july special since the fourth of july was this week um, but the first bit of news uh, I was going to talk about is the elephant in the room is uh, Scott Pruitt being out, the EPA director. So uh, what were Scott Pruitt's tenure and what are your thoughts on his resignation? Wasn't he a um, what wasn't he placed there by Trump specifically? Yes, he was. A, he was he was placed there by Trump. Um, he before this, he was the attorney general of the state of Oklahoma um, when he got appointed there by Trump um, to the EPA job. And he was criticized by many people because he said he does not uh, he does not accept the, um, the the scientific ruling on climate change sure. or the scientific consensus on climate change, sure. which most people in Oklahoma don't. I mean, this is the same state where. Jim Inhofe, the senator, the Republican senator there, came into the Senate one day and said, oh, hey, look, it's a snowball. I guess global warming doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think overall it's probably a good thing. I, you know, I, I, uh, I think there's probably some underlying reasons that none of us are ever going to know about that led, led to this. Yeah. Um, but as far as is him, I, 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 as far as I understand, he was a little bit of a pariah. Um, it was a little bit of a controversial decision to make him the head of the EPA in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, yeah, global warming is a tough thing to talk about um, because there's so much yeah. misinformation on both sides. Um, and for somebody to, yeah, I, you know, as far as Scott Pruitt goes, um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the elephant in the room, but. Uh, what yeah. finally cost him his job? This is from Vox. Um, you know, well, there's also there's also the scandals because there were scandals because he was using taxpayer money like he wanted to soundproof his office. And so he paid a ton of money to soundproof it. But all the money was coming from taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Uh, not from his personal checkbook. Um, and, uh, on top of that, I think he took like, maybe like a family trip or something using taxpayer dollars. He used a lot, he did a lot of personal That's things. right. He's been, he's been flying around with his money. wife, uh, to his various yeah. places. And re- recently there was this lady at this, uh, this was kind of, people were divided on this. There was this lady at this restaurant 
who uh, went to, up to him and said, uh, like, she was with her kid, or her young kid, her toddler kid, and she was, like, saying, you know, you suck, Scott Pruitt. You know, you're the worst. You should leave. Or she didn't say it like that. Sure. But she's, that was essentially what she was trying to say while Scott Pruitt was at a restaurant eating I dinner. saw that video. Yeah, and she was a little out of control, a little sanctimonious, yeah. it seemed like. Uh, but from, from from my perspective, yeah, man, I don't want people doing that bullshit in politics. I really don't. I want people being honest. I want people. I don't want people using taxpayers' money for for bullshit to fly around the country or the world and and soundproof their office. So yeah, good. Get them out of here. You know the way I look at it. I I love the fact that Trump is president. I'm not sure I love Trump, but I love the fact. I love what he represents. And to me, it's it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a difference from the insider politics that's been happening for the last 150 years. And so. For sure, mm-hmm. in my opinion, certain amounts of that are going to sneak into the administration, and it seems like Scott Pruitt was uh, a little bit of a, a bad fish. Yeah. Uh, well, then I'll be interested to hear what your opinion is on the next story, okay. uh, the Supreme Court. So, as you've probably heard by now, Justice Anthony Kennedy, who is considered a moderately conservative vote in the Supreme Court, is retiring. Yep. So now this gives Trump uh, an opportunity. Now, now he obviously Trump appointed Neil Gorsuch, but this is a little bit different because Neil Gorsuch was appointed to replace Scalia. He had pretty much the same conservative leanings yep. as Scalia did. Yep. Now it's different because now that was essentially the status quo. Now things might change since a centrist is being replaced by somebody who's yep. most likely going to be morally, uh, more purely conservative or maybe liber- maybe even libertarian-ish. Uh, and this has led a lot, of, a lot on the left to um, freak out and think that, um, that Roe v. Wade might be going away sometime soon. As, as they should. They should be freaking out. The Supreme Court, the, the, the members of the Supreme Court are literally the most important people in this country. They mm-hmm. decide yes. what the laws are that we live by. And I think it's kind of bullshit. I think it's, it's a little bit of a faulty system that we have these what is it eight, how many members eight eight right on the supreme court right no now? i think no, i think it's nine, nine because they never wanted a tie <laughs> so you're trying to get commentary they never wanted but, um, there to be a tie so they had an odd number so there would be no tie sure sure and and so yeah this is huge this is huge for anybody and you know i look a little deeper this is huge for anybody that wants to give rights back to the states okay because mm-hmm. that's essentially what roe v wade is about because Roe v. Wade, yeah. it's not about abortion. It's about taking the state's rights away. That's why it was such an awful, awful decision. Not because yeah. I don't believe in a woman's right to choose or I do. Like, I'm not even going to get into that. But the fact that they, mm-hmm. they took the right away from the state to decide that, that, that's where I have a problem with it. And then I think so for anybody that, that, that likes state rights and, and the, the, Which I do. the nature <laughs> of the republic, then this is a great thing. I think this is a good thing. Now, yeah. You know, as far as overturning Roe v. Wade, yeah, what that represents is is kind of uh, super conservative, say. But but all that all that really does is take it back to what it should have been in the first place, which is okay. If you mm. want to have abortion available, then vote in your state, people in that will uh, you know put policy in that allows for abortion. I mean, it, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about gay marriage too. Even though I'm kind of pro somewhat pro-choice and also you know pro-gay marriage it's not up to me i don't get to make the decision for the new yorker that lives a thousand miles from me i don't get to make yeah. that decision for him 
I want him to make that decision for himself. And I want in my state to be able to enact in, in a local level what I think should be done locally. And that's the beauty of our, our republic. But it, mm-hmm. it's been hijacked for the last, you know, what is it, 20, 50 years? So I think it's been 40 years since Roe v. Wade. I think the 70s was when the Roe v. Wade ruling yeah, came but out. Th- that's such an awful ruling just because yeah. the precedent is set. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely for a conservative change on the Supreme Court, not because I am a, a you know, diehard conservative. It's just more because I, I think that in, in that sense, the, the idea of states rights, I do agree with most conservatives on that on that issue. And I think the Supreme okay. Court should stay the hell out of our our policy. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll um, yeah. So also on terms of the Supreme Court, the three front runners are said to be Brett Kavanaugh, who has been criticized by for uh, for his stance on Obamacare, because apparently in his he was on the district court and he ruled that Obamacare was constitutional. Uh, and so conservatives are mad at him for that. Amy Barrett, who's been criticized by, she's 46 years old, she has seven kids, and she's staunchly Catholic. So a lot of liberals are concerned about that. When she got confirmed to the, the district court, or the, the smaller court, um, trying to think of what it was called, um, she, was, um, she uh, got criticized by Diane Feinstein because Diane Feinstein thought her Catholic faith would get in the way of rulings. Then there's Raymond Kethledge, who's probably my, per, my personal favorite, who's libertarian-ish and is probably the most similar to Neil Gorsuch. Um, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Barrett are said to be, you know, more in the lead, although Raymond Kethledge had a meeting with Trump, and most sources are saying it went very well but and bonded throughout that time. And it's said to be uh, announced Monday, so... What are your thoughts on these picks? Well, sounds like out of the three, Mr. Raymond Kethledge is the least ideological of the three, which would probably be a positive thing to have on the Supreme Court. So, I mean, yes. yeah, I, you know, uh, um, just straight up. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a staunch, devout Catholic, you're an ideologue. And, and I don't trust – I mean, yeah. straight up. So I'm not saying I don't believe in I God or that I think that religion is wrong. What I'm saying is if you're a staunch religious person, you tend to be an ideologue. Um, and so, yeah, out of the three, if there's if there's a libertarian like candidate uh, for the Supreme Court for this new 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 position, let's get him in there. And I think Trump will see, man, he seems to have decent judgment when it comes to this stuff. But there's always different things behind the scenes going on that we don't see and that never get reported on um, di- different mm-hmm. conversations he has or, um, you know, maybe one of the candidates has a skeleton in their closet or something that we don't know about that's affecting the decision so even if trump were to choose somebody besides raymond kavanaugh um you know brett kavanaugh or raymond Kethledge. Sorry, Kethledge. yeah um even if you were to choose somebody besides that i think it's it's kind of like okay well maybe there's reasons we don't know it's kind of what i always assume when it comes to politics is that <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a vast amount <laughs> of information and and private conversations that never never get reported on and, and that's fine with me i suppose yeah um now the next story i was going to talk about was the lady who climbed the statue of liberty on the fourth of july and she was protesting ice uh and a lot of people in my home state of new york has been have been um protesting have been calling for ice to be abolished so uh what are your thoughts on the lady who is on the statue of liberty 
And what are your thoughts on abolishing ICE? Hey, man, if you want to protest, go protest. I don't care. In fact, I, yeah. it, even if it's a dumb protest, even better, because you doing it exposes your stupidness. So mm-hmm. I'll let anybody, and I'm, I'm happy to let anybody go protest and do whatever they want. And that's fine. But as far as the abolishing ICE, like, I don't know. I think probably it just has kind of a harsh name, ICE, right? Because ICE is cold. But yeah. other than that, like, are you joking me? Like, you want to get rid of the people that protect our borders and our, like, really? You want to get rid of those people? So I, I don't know what kind of, like, to me, when I hear stuff like that kind of rhetoric, I think, like, mm-hmm. big-time conspiracy stuff going on. I think that, that there's major yeah. players up at the top of things, sending stuff down to the news agencies and everywhere else, um, you know, uh, that, that, are, that are really pushing for, less border control and 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 that's some globalist conspiracy theory stuff that i think is actually happening so i mean who in their right mind wants to abolish ice like i I suppose yeah the the optics have been bad since trump enforced a law that already existed on the books and you know anyhow that whole deal with the kids being separated from their families by the way was a democratic law that was put in by democrats yeah that they could only hold the kids for like 120 days and so Uh yeah i mean I, I, I think the optics yeah. are bad right now, and I think I, I think the left is just shooting themselves in the foot over and over yeah. and over and over. Because the problem is, all this stuff is logged in history forever now because of the internet. So all the stuff that people are yeah. saying is, it's you really want to abolish ICE? Like, okay, how about how about let's say yeah. I want to treat immigrants with respect. I agree with that. Let's treat immigrants with respect. Let's do it, even if they're illegal immigrants. I don't want to mm-hmm. take kids away from their families. I don't want to do all this other stuff, but to abolish the the organization that actually protects you from from invading i mean literally like (laughs) was 9-11 not that long ago because it it feels like we need these people here to protect us now we sacrifice certain amounts of um privacy i suppose but i don't know well here's what i say and i'll say this really quickly since we don't have a lot of time i say as a libertarian if you want to abolish ice fine but first let's abolish the irs and let's abolish the EPA <laughs> and the Department of Education and all these big bureaucracies. Then we can talk about abolishing. Ice. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't have. Yeah, much- absolutely. Yeah. In fact, yeah, real quickly. Yeah. If the free market were to take control, there would be some insurance company hiring security guards at the border right now if the government wasn't doing it. So yeah. you're exactly right. That's a fantastic point to make. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say? We don't have a lot more time. I can like you. Yeah, later. I'll do that. Let's so let's we, talk again, man. But it was good. Yeah, I uh, I, yeah. I definitely think this was a good good conversation. So um, All right. yeah, let's talk next week or or even before. I'll I'll favorite your podcast. Okay. All right, man. Bye. Bye. Okay, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the development in the North Korean relationship with the United States. Because it's been kind of all over the place, and it's kind of more all over the place now, because Pompeo went there, Mike Pompeo uh, went there, and I guess he was criticized for having, like, I think they said mafia-like tactics or gangster-like tactics, um, but he sa- he was trying to say, oh, no, 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 it was, it was going well, it was all good. All good, guys. All good. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I haven't heard a lot about this specific episode, but I, I kind of hold North Korean propaganda at a distance when I hear it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good to know how the North Korean state is thinking because 
I feel like they believe their own propaganda, <laughs> but I'm not yeah. really an expert uh, uh, in that area. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing is uh, Trump was in Montana recently, mm-hmm. uh, and he delivered a speech. He gave endorsements. He was mainly there because in Montana, they only have one house seat because of how small mm-hmm. that state is. Uh, it's called the at-large district. Um, now, that seat has not had a Democrat there since the 90s. But uh, Greg Gianforte, what happened was the one guy who was holding that seat um, ended up being Trump's secretary of the interior. So they had a special election, and Greg Gianforte was leading in all the polls. But then he assaulted a guy. There was video of him assaulting a reporter but he still won that seat because most people had voted early yeah. uh, and had voted for him. But he won like 48 to 44, which was a lot closer. Um, so uh, that happened. Um, but uh, now he's running for a full term this November. Um, and the seat is only leaning Republican. So Trump went down to go and endorse Gianforte. Uh, he was originally the nominee for governor of Montana in 2016. Uh, he lost to Steve Bullock, the incumbent governor, who was a Democrat. Um, and Trump went down to endorse him. He also went down to endorse Matt Rosendale, who's running against incumbent Democratic Senator in Montana. Um, but he also slammed uh, George H.W. Bush's uh thousand i think it was the points of light plan that he had he criticized george hw bush for that and that was what was mainly making headlines so what are your thoughts on that issue um so this thousand points of light thing if you'll have to refresh my memory was that uh an immigration uh rhetoric or was that let me let me see i'm not i'm not 100 sure but i i let me look that up thousand point of light. Okay. Um, uh, it was popularized by George H.W. Bush, uh, later formed the name of a private uh, organization that uh, launched by Bush to support volunteerism. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah, so I, I, I think uh, it, it's just interesting to hear that come up again because I haven't heard it in forever. Uh, but this yeah. president who called for a kinder, gentler America. Yeah. So if there was criticism of Thousand Points of Light, uh, that's pretty shocking to me because uh, that is should be a bipartisan tradition in this country of presidents wanting to make the country a better place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So... You, you think that would be the point of the president. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like make the country good. Yeah. I mean, no one should be against that. What what what's going on? You know? Yeah, uh, that's what. Well, he let's not forget he and the Bushes have an extraneous relationship, just like how uh, he and McCain have a really, really bad relationship. Um, he and well, he and Lindsey Graham had a bad relationship for a while, but I think Lindsey Graham has kind of cozied up to him since he's like defending him all the time now. But I mean, yeah, McCain was another decent American who. Uh... Yeah, because, I mean, he he was pretty conservative, but he would reach across the aisle on some issues. Yeah, um, and 
He's kind of moderate-ish. Yeah, he got a reputation for being a moderate, but I, I got to say it's just because he was willing to compromise on a few things that he... And he was a war hero, too. I mean, he... Yeah. There, yeah. And then Trump slammed that, too, and everyone should agree on that, right? He's like, oh, I like people who didn't get captured. You know, it's like, <laughs> really? War, war... Yeah. Never... How about you go and fight and fight for your country, Trump? I, I, yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand why... Uh... I mean, I I somewhat understand, but it's just it's amazing what people are willing to ignore in a politics over the the issues that they support them on. Yeah. So um, the next thing I was going to talk about um, is. uh, The next thing I was going to talk about was um, the Alaska governor's race. So the Alaska governor's race uh, so far has uh, – it's looking to be pretty interesting. There wasn't really a lot of – typically I have a segment on the show called Midterm Talk where I talk about the primaries, but there weren't any primaries this week. So, yeah, but this week um, – there, but I, there is news about the Alaska governor's race. Uh, Alaska currently is the only state with a, an independent governor – uh, currently, um, Bill Walker, and he's really, really unpopular. What happened was four years ago, Sean Parnell was endorsed by, or no, Sean Parnell was the incumbent Republican. The Democrats originally ran Byron Mowat, but then he decided to become the independent's running mate, uh, Bill Walker. And Sarah Palin, even though, because what happened was Sean Parnell became governor after Sarah Palin resigned. But then Sarah Palin betrayed him oh. uh, and endorsed Bill Walker, even though he was her handpicked person to be her running mate when she got elected to be governor in 2006. Yeah. Um, but now Bill Walker has extremely bad approval ratings. Um, and there have been sites that have listed that, that governor's race as one of the best chances for Republicans to make a pickup in terms of governor's races. Um, but now what happened was um, the one of the former, a former lieutenant governor there got in. He was a Republican. Um, and you'd think he'd be doing well since he was a former lieutenant governor, but he's not because he's losing in all the polls to some random state senator uh, named uh, Mike Dunleavy, um, and uh, but then the this other Democrat. It was assumed that the Democrats were going to endorse the independent, like they did four years ago. But instead, uh, it looks like they're going. Uh, it looks like Mark Begich, who was a former senator who lost re-election to a Republican in 2014 is going to run. So you'd think he would do well because he's a former United States Senator, but he's not. Uh, because apparently he's trailing by double digits to both the unpopular governor uh, and the random state Senator who nobody knows about. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it would sound to me just from what you're saying that it, it's it's a signal of the voters general discontent with the establishment. You know, the fact that this guy was a former politician. Um, yeah. And I, I, I wonder about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you'd think he'd do better, too, because his father was 
a United States representative there for, and that was another state where they only have one U.S. representative. Um, what had happened was, you know how in Alaska, a lot of times people will like go missing in plane accidents and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happens a lot. Um, that's what happened with his father when he was in Congress. Wow. There was actually a guy named Ted Stevens who was a Republican senator who Mark Begich beat for re-election. He had been a senator since the 60s up until 2009, and Begich beat him. And then Ted Stevens died in uh, mysteriously in a plane accident in Alaska. It's because the weather is, I think it has a lot to do with the weather yeah. in Alaska. So, I mean, if you're going to travel anywhere anytime soon, don't travel to Alaska. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. In the summer, it's probably fine. But yeah, the ice yeah. is not a good mix. Uh, yeah. And also, I, I would say commuter airlines are, are more prone to um, accidents than the, the larger commercial ones. Yeah. But Alaska Airlines, by the way, has an excellent safety record if you're ever mm -hmm. up to Alaska. I don't want to. Uh, uh, you know, turn people off their tourism industry. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. So the, this this traditional politician getting short shrift. I mean, it, it reminds me of Susan Sarandon uh, being willing to support Trump in the presidential elections after Bernie mm -hmm. because, in her words, he brought the revolution. You know, like it, they they just wait. Was she the person from the Rocky Horror Picture Show? That I believe so. I've never seen that movie specifically. I know she was in the Alien films. Um, yeah, yeah she, she's been in the news lately. Did she endorse Trump or did she just say she was willing to? Uh, I I think she said she was willing to. I don't think that was quite an. Uh, uh, it was like, yeah, because we can't get Bernie, I'd rather have Trump than Hillary, I think was the line. Yeah, wow. Well, I think Jill Stein said that and Jill Stein yeah. said she wouldn't run if she was a, if Bernie was the nominee. And then you also have to remember that even Roseanne Barr used to be a socially liberal person. Yeah who hated capitalism, and then she ended up just loving Donald Trump. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to read up more on that. I didn't know she was... Yeah. Uh, oh, she was, oh, she was so liberal. She was, like, extremely pro-choice, and she was, uh, she, she, she was on the Dave Rubin show, and she was talking about how much she hated capitalism, and she was like, capitalism is the worst economic system ever and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I guess but anyways, oh sorry, well, gonna, you were going to say something. to show how successful Trump has been at, at portraying his uh, political platform as being populist. I I don't think yeah that, uh, his rhetoric must resonate. I have to yeah that, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if we run out of time on this, I can I can call you separately. Um, but anyways, um, I wanted to move on to the next story, which is Jim Jordan. Did you hear about this? No. So Jim Jordan is a congressman. He's been in Congress for the next for the past, I think, over ten years. I think he's been in since two thousand seven. Um, he's big in the Russia probe. He's a big Republican superstar. He voted against the omnibus spending bill, which made a lot of Republicans angry. Um, and uh, he was like one of the favorites to replace Paul Ryan as Speaker of the House. Hmm. Um, but now, because he used to have, uh, he used to be a, before he was in Congress a couple decades ago, he was a professor at Ohio State University. And there was this professor there who died, who died in 2005, who worked at, um, at the college, uh, that Jim Jordan was at, at the same time that Jim Jordan was working there. And years after he died, all these allegations came out that, 
there was sexual misconduct and that he like raped a lot of the the students there, both male and female. Um, and uh, there is currently allegations that came out that Jim Jordan knew about that. Um, and some people now he's denying it profusely. Um, and he was on, I think Brett bear was interviewing him and he said, did you hear anything about in the locker, you know, in the locker rooms about like sexual misconduct? And he said, no, he said, is there anything you may have heard that might have not been considered sexual misconduct at the time, but might be now. And he said, Oh, only locker room talk. So people are trying to clarify what he meant by that. (laughs) Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about his specific case, but when you're when you're talking about Republican representatives and uh, sexual misconduct, this is not the first time we've heard about that. Yeah, <laughs> and and he wasn't the one who committed it. He there's the allegations that he knew about it. Oh, that he knew about it. Okay, so he, he was like an observer rather than the participant this time. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean it. That, that's difficult because, uh, yeah, there, there has been a change in uh, sexual morality, I would say, from the time that he was there at Ohio State to now. Yeah, it, it's I don't know if we can excuse uh, what he did in the past, but I, I think it would at least offer a lens for understanding perhaps why it happened. Yeah, uh, it looks like our time's almost up, but I can call you after this if you want. All right. Because um, I, I still have to talk about the Ron Paul tweet. And the Democratic, uh, Kristen Cinema, the Democratic candidate. So, is there anything else you want to say about Jim Jordan? Uh, not really. I'm just ready for part two. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, let's just wait. And. Hey. We meet again. We meet again. So, uh, next story. Okay. I like Ron Paul. But uh, I'm not sure if you heard about the tweet. Con- Did you hear about the tweet controversy? No, I've been in the dark this week. Okay, so I, I like Ron Paul. I like his, his, his 2008 and 2012 platform. But, uh, uh, well, he posted a, a, a kind of a really racist tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you, you remember when um, Ted Cruz uh, po- liked the the porn picture on Twitter. <laughs> I don't remember that. Actually. Oh, oh, you didn't hear about that? I did not. <laughs> oh, okay. So let, let me enlighten you because this was just such a beautifully hilarious story. So Ted Cruz, the, the, the religious fanatic, the, 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 the man of God who would, who never, uh, you know, who was who faithful to his wife and everything and would never, you know, let his, you know, his sexual tendencies get in the way, uh, and would never lust for anybody else. His his official Twitter account uh, liked a picture from a porn website, uh, or a porn Twitter account, or a, or a porn Twitter account that was advertising a website for porn, and the picture actually had porn in it and actually had masturbation in in the in the video Fun. yeah um and this is the same ted cruz that vote that tried to get sex toys banned in his home state of texas 
by the way. So when asked about it, Ted Cruz was like, oh, it was one of my staffers. Um, yes, yes. Well, now, while, while I don't like Ted Cruz, part of me kind of gets that because I have seen scenarios. Because most times it's very unlikely that you'll see a politician, aside from Donald Trump, who, who's in charge of his own Twitter account. Typically, they'll get people who are more, you know, tech savvy to post messages. Like if they want to post a response about like an issue, they'll get like a tech savvy person to write or, or they'll write their own message and they'll get like a tech savvy person to do that. Or if they just want to advertise a web, something on their website, they'll go like, Oh, go here to do this. Um, so um, I could understand maybe, somebody accidentally hitting the like button on uh, on that case. This Again, that happened a year ago. But the reason I bring that up was because uh, what happened with Ron... You know who Ron Paul is, right? Yes. So Ron Paul uh, was... Um, he was on Twitter and he posted... Well, he posted this, um, this one thing uh, like a while back uh, where it's... It was something about in his in the description uh, of the tweet, it was something about um, uh, cultural Marxism and political correctness and how it was bad and everything. And then he said, "Find out more about cultural." I think the tweet said something like, "You know about you've heard of cultural Marxism, but do you know what it actually is? Find out the truth here." And then there was a link, and then below it there was a picture. Uh, that said political correctness and there was like a dash through it like you know kind of like an anti-smoking thing mm-hmm. except it was like a dash through political correctness okay seems harmless enough um, but uh, then he posted this week he posted the exa- pretty much the exact same message word for word but the image he posted below had all these racial stereotypes it was pretty much like old cartoon, like you know how in old cartoons they'd have like, you know, African American people with big lips, yeah. and they draw like Jewish people with like weird teeth and whatnot, mm-hmm. and they draw like Asians like with you know like fangs and stuff like that. It was pretty much those images. Reminding um, me of my childhood, yes. <laughs> yeah. That was most of the cartoons that were on the TV at that time. Yeah, but it's that, and then it has, like, a, a communism arrow going up and punching somebody. Or no, it was punching Uncle Sam. It was like a like they, they were punching Uncle Sam, but their hand had the, the Soviet Union. Uh, it, well, it was a red hand, and it had the Soviet Union logo in the center of it. Like, to try and say, oh, yeah, this is cultural Marxism. And people got upset because the cartoons were pretty racist. So he deleted it almost immediately. And he pretty much did what Ted Cruz did, which was say that, um, uh, that, oh, it was my staffer and everything. Um, Now I like, Ron Paul, I don't like Ted Cruz, but I kind of find it easier to believe with Ted Cruz because if somebody's finger accidentally slips and they hit the the like button, 
I, you know, I can understand that. Or maybe they were like scrolling through and they were going through political posts and then they accidentally just like that one thing, not really looking at it for a second. There are probably times what I'll do is I'll just like, like a bunch of stuff and then I'll like something by accident and I'll be like, Oh, right. never mind. Um, but with this, it's a little bit harder. Now, I don't think Ron Paul by any means is a racist. I mean, he's taken positions that are like anti-racist, like he's against the war on drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the picture, it, it's hard to believe that somebody would go on the internet, intentionally find that and put that up. What I think probably happened was Ron Paul was probably looking through Google for like a picture and then he probably found the picture, didn't pay much attention to it, didn't really notice the racial stereotypes, probably posted it with the same description and then like maybe like a couple seconds or maybe like a minute after he posted it, he looked at the image and then realized, oh crap, well, and then removed it. More likely he was looking at the reaction. I mean, the, the thing about this anti-political correctness movement is yeah. if you are anti-political correctness, you're not going to read uh, the body of literature on what is politically correct and why. And uh, yeah. one of those politically correct things that came along is like, yeah, we probably shouldn't stereotype uh, other races uh, using car- cartoon caricatures. Yeah. Uh, so like we don't have uh, the Frito Bandito selling us Fritos anymore. Uh, yeah well and yeah and what was worse was it turned out it came from a 4chan page and that's pretty much where all the the racists yeah that's where all the identitarians hang out he was probably baited in that case because i I bet you it was a a pro-communist person who probably made that image uh to portray the anti-communist movement as racist uh because it it, I mean, there there is a lot of history of fear of foreigners within the communist movement. Uh, the ethical yeah. trials come to mind, um, you know, and, and it, I don't want to say that opposition to communism isn't xenophobic. It often is. Um, but, yeah, it just it, it strikes me as one of those things that when, when you say 4chan, it was like, yeah, someone was probably trolling. <laughs> yeah. But it ha- what the picture was, was it had all these racial stereotypes and then they all had they were all like combining like a Power Rangers Megazord <laughs> to create this one red arm, this one red Soviet Union arm that was going up and punching Uncle Sam in the head. Wow. Yeah. Uh, every every conservative's nightmare. And I, I think the some liberals on that site may have been aware of that. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's also hard to tell like these days what is satire, what is making fun of the conservative movement and what actually comes from the conservative yeah Sometimes i have to double check <laughs> yeah um but i mean the important thing is if if what ron paul says is true and it was a staffer then is that staffer fired <laughs> right. or is that yeah i mean that's the important thing um but, uh, yeah, so that that was the other thing. And then there was only one other story. Uh, I think earlier I had another person on, and I was talking about Scott Pruitt resigning. Oh. And and I was talking about some of the Supreme Court people, and I was talking about the lady who was on the Statue of Liberty protesting ICE. But uh, I have one other thing here today, which is about the uh, the – I'm not sure if you heard about this. There's this – you, you probably heard of all, by this point of all the people that are like all the Democrats that are like, we can't 
vote for Nancy Pelosi to be our leader in 2018 if we take back the House. You probably heard that, right? Uh, I actually have not been following the speaker race pretty closely. So, well, so um, Democrats for months and months and months, a lot of Democrats, not establishment Democrats, but there's been this big movement for the past year to try and kick Nancy Pelosi out. Nancy, Nancy Pelosi has been out since I think either 2003 she's been in I think since 2003 or 2005 that's when she became minority leader she became she, she was majority leader from 2007 to 2011 yeah. now it's looking like Democrats have a really good shot of taking back the house this year but um, she was um but a lot of Democrats blame because obviously when a lot of Democrats blame the fact that they couldn't take back the Senate in 2016 and the fact that Trump won and the fact that the Democrats were like almost completely in the wilderness after the 2016 election. A lot of Democrats blame that on Nancy Pelosi huh. um, because right after the election, you know, Democrats were like kind of panicking, like, what are we going to do? Republicans have the House, Republicans have the Senate. Republicans now have the White House. Um, and Nancy Pelosi just had this attitude of, oh, it's okay, guys. Just chill. It's all fine. It's all good. You know, don't be, don't be scared. Don't be freaking out. And a lot of people were like, no, no, we have to freak out. And a lot of progressives and a lot of, and a lot of other people that were young centrists in the party were saying uh, that they – that were Democrats were saying that Nancy Pelosi needed to go. Um, you, did you hear about the Connor Lamb guy? Uh, no, I didn't. So what happened was a couple months ago, there was this district which went to Donald Trump by like 20 percentage points. Um, it had a, an incumbent congressman in Pennsylvania. It was a really Republican district, had an incumbent congressman who kept getting reelected by double digits. Every time he was elected, he was elected by double digits. He had to resign because he cheated on his wife. Um, and then it was discovered, not only did he cheat on his wife, but he impregnated his mistress. And then they found the texts, and he claimed to be a pro-life senator or pro-life congressman. And they looked at the texts, and he was trying to convince his mistress to get an abortion, even though he was allegedly pro-life. So he resigned and they had to have a special election. And um, this young veteran who was a centrist Democrat named Connor Lamb ran and uh, he ended up winning the seat barely. He won by less than a percentage point because of how red the district was, but he still won. And what he did was during his campaign, everybody, all these Republicans tried to connect him to Nancy Pelosi because the thing about Pelosi is she's really unpopular. I think she has a lower approval rating than Trump does. Um, and so um, what Republicans will do a lot in campaign ads is they'll try and connect Democrats and all these scary ads to Nancy Pelosi so that because Nancy Pelosi is that unpopular, people will say, oh, well, I hate Nancy Pelosi. This commercial says that this person is in bed with Nancy Pelosi. I guess I better not vote for this person if I don't want more Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. um, 
Like, especially in red in traditionally red states, even if there's a centrist Democrat, they'll try and paint them as like Pelosi Democrats. Um, so um, Pelosi, uh, so um, he even so Connor Lamb, they tried to connect him to Pelosi, and they're like, he's gonna vote for Pelosi's agenda. And so he came out with this ad saying that he that if he got into Congress and if Democrats took back the House of Representatives. He would not vote for Nancy Pelosi for speaker in 2018. And there have been all these other progressives that have said that they need to get a younger, more progressive person. That's why Nancy, I think we talked about it in another episode. That's why Nancy Pelosi was freaking out about Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez's victory because she, because if there's new leadership, if there's more people, different types of Democrats, that might increase the chances of Nancy Pelosi getting voted out in 2019. So it's been a, a big movement for the past year to try and kick Nancy Pelosi out of the speaker role um, or, or get a new Democratic leader in the House. But um, uh, not a lot of people have been talking about kicking Schumer out because Schumer just became Senate Minority Leader for the Democrats and yet, um, however, recently there was this uh, this Democratic congresswoman currently who's now running for uh, the Senate seat in Arizona that Jeff Flake is retiring from named Kristen Cinema. She's currently the front runner for the Democratic seat. Uh, and she says that she wouldn't vote for Chuck Schumer as leader of the Senate if she wins that Senate seat. So what are your thoughts on the idea of Nancy Pelosi being voted out? And what are your thoughts on Kristen Sinema saying she wouldn't vote for Chuck Schumer as leader of the Senate? Uh, so I, I will say it's nothing new for um, people of either party to distance themselves from the national leadership when they're running in a non-traditional district. Uh, yeah. Very old tradition in American politics and is unlikely to end anytime soon. Uh, I'm a little bit personally biased in favor of Pelosi just because I remember uh, how she came to power, which was by opposing the Iraq war when it was a politically unpopular thing to do. Um, That said, yes, there is a a fresh movement within the Democratic Party. Uh, She is getting up there in years, uh, and they might need a a fresh face to help their their agenda. Uh, Because I I see, God bless her, uh, I see Nancy Pelosi appearing on these shows and and trying to sell what Democrats are about. Um, And I I, even among a a sympathetic audience, I don't see it really resonating in in terms of applause lines, the way Trump gets applause at his. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we have a more charismatic person who is also qualified, and I would say hopefully as progressive as Pelosi is, relatively speaking, uh, I Mm -hmm. hope that uh, that that would be the replacement because the temptation I think and I, I remember reading this but early on when there was like rumblings about her being replaced her the top candidate at the time to replace her was more moderate and more conservative uh, and that's uh, who was it the Democratic Party go because that's away from their base and away from the future do you remember who it was I I don't it was so long since I read it <laughs> oh but yeah they're, they're... I I heard I've heard a couple of people I heard there was another person in California I heard. There was like a guy in New Mexico who's been in since 2009. There have been a couple people that I've heard about, but I, I hadn't heard about that moderately conservative guy. I've only heard about people that are like 
um, younger and more more like Keith Ellison types. Like more so to that left of you know of Jupiter. Um, but what are your thoughts on Kristen Cinema saying she wouldn't vote for Chuck Schumer as leader in the Senate? Uh, I, I, I don't know enough about her specific reasons or, or why she would say that. Um, I, I do know, uh, just from my personal experience, listening to what Chuck Schumer advocates, uh, he is a, a hawk on Israel. Um, and I, I don't know how much that has to do with her decision. But I think that's one way he kind of stands out as maybe a, a less desirable Democrat among the progressive base. Uh, but again, I, I have no idea how much it has Here. to do with that, that traditional uh, board. Let me look up. Uh, Let's see. Um, I think recently he sponsored legislation that would criminalize criticism of Israel. Yeah, well, he did. I know when the Iran nuclear deal was being drafted, he, he didn't vote for that. Yes. Um, and he came under fire from a lot of Democrats, and a lot of people thought that might jeopardize his chances of replacing Harry Reid as the Democratic leader in the Senate. Well, my other uh, Democrats have done well in the Senate. I mean, we had Joe Lieberman before that. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to vote for him, she said, becoming the first potential Senate to, uh, to withdraw support from Schumer. Even Senate Democrats running in states that Trump one haven't gone this far. Cinema isn't the only Democrat against party's leadership. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to see what her. Because um, currently it's looking like she might win that seat because she's winning in all the polls against Martha McSally. Uh, I think Joe Arpaio is running for that seat too, but Joe Arpaio is not expected to win the nomination. Well, then, uh, he's not- that, I think that would explain her opposition. And I don't think it's the Israel thing. I, I think it's just that he's kind of more of a progressive on everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be because she's in Arizona. And even though Arizona is sort of going more blue recently, I mean, it almost went for Hillary Clinton. Uh, despite it being a traditionally Republican state, it's only gone Republican. It's only gone Democrat once since the 40s, I want to say, because that was one of the, I think that was the only non-Southern state that went for Barry Goldwater in 1964, because that was where Barry Goldwater was from. Yeah. And I think... I I was born in Tucson, so it's my home state, and uh, I'm not proud of its political tradition, Uh, but it's... Are you you from Arizona? Yes, it's it's mostly retirees, transplants from the Midwest, uh, so Uh, that's why it tends to trend conservative. Uh, yeah. There are some uh, liberal pockets in Tucson and Phoenix, uh, but it's not enough to overcome the rest of the state. Most of the well, it might it might go Democratic this year because it's looking like Kristen Cinema might win that Senate race there because she's uh, because she's leading in all the polls against Martha McSally, who's like the big establishment Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. Um. I should point out she was in the Air Force, um, but so you think she'd be more of like an attractive candidate for that reason, but she's actually losing to Kristen Cinema because Kristen Cinema is kind of she's kind of running the sort of campaign because you remember when Trump was running, he kind of had like this blue collar campaign sort of thing, and she's trying to run 
this, oh, look at me, I come from the blue-collar background type of thing campaign. And she's not, like, talking about Trump in any of the campaign ads. And she's not, like, talking about progressive ideas. I think they said that if she wins, she'll be the first bisexual senator. Oh, wow. I think the, there's only one other LGBT senator currently, and that's Tammy Baldwin in Wisconsin. Okay. Well, then, then Arizona uh, is coming through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it almost, I think it almost went for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Yeah. I, I, I've heard of rumblings of, of Arizona as kind of becoming a purple state, kind of like Virginia, actually, which is the other state where I grew up. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because I've been around those purple states most of my life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's. It, it's hard to say. I, I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's. Uh, do, you, do you have anything else to say, or? Uh, I'm interested to see how all this will shake out. I mean, I. Yeah. It. it it's. This is what democracy is all about. Yeah. All right. Um. I think that's that's everything. So. Uh... Uh, thank you for uh, joining the podcast again, uh, and have a good night. Right, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Instead of the socialism that we are seeing, like Crazy Bernie, uh, um, just in general, libertarian as well. Yeah, I'm a libertarian too. So, um, so, so anyway, so the first uh, thing I was going to talk about was uh, the uh, the Trump tariffs. Now, you probably heard about it um oh it's this trade war is a mess <laughs> yeah yeah and trump's trying to say oh well see the the impact is good there you know every because i think the gdp was up a little bit but but the unemployment rate rose to four percent so yeah i know and it's like come on you know we got to get our shit together and you know I see, I see the things that he's doing. You know, I'm looking at both ends of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, instead of slamming tariffs on China, yeah, we, we've been having issues with them for years because of the past administrations. Mm-hmm. So I get where he's going, but it's like, Trump, you want to slam tariffs? We also have to look. China's going to fire back at us. Yeah. You know, yes, him meeting with Putin, I'm glad, you know, but... How do we know they're going to succeed? Because look at North Korea right now. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I'm not against him. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about the man. I don't like him. <laughs> but oh, he's not very libertarian. He's not as libertarian as I'd like him to be. But yeah. And I and I understand where you're. Coming yeah. From. I, I don't like decisions, especially like uh, when he bombed Syria without any congressional approval. Which I don't think. Sure. The... I know. Yeah. <laughs> he, from what I got told, he was pressured, and it's like, all right, if he was pressured, then you know, he has the right to say no. We are going to launch launch an investigation before I go out and bomb a country. Yeah. Well, and he the problem is he yeah. surrounds himself with, you know, he, he claims to be against the swamp, but he pretty much surrounds himself with the swamp. He surrounds himself with people like Mike Pompeo and Jeff Sessions and John Bolton and Gina Haspel, all these Bolton. Yeah. Bolton. Um, yeah. I, said, I think, yeah. Bolton. He's, too. I don't know. Sessions. Look, he's, he has not shown any proof. Yes. You know, I'm against Hillary. I don't know how you feel about the crazy. I, I don't, I didn't like either of them. I probably, I didn't love Gary Johnson. 
But I think if I, because I was 17 in 2016, if I had been 18, I would have hesitantly, hesitantly voted for Gary Johnson. Right. Just because I didn't mind and some of his private now sector look solutions. at the left. Yeah. Yeah, um, there. And now look at the left. Look what we're seeing. And it's like, come on, you guys are now wanting to threaten to attack us? You know? Yeah. Okay, our president, he's, he's done a couple rallies where he's talked about it, but he's not addressing it like he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Because we got the Dems who are wanting to start a war with us. Yeah. You know, yeah, we want free. We want truth. We seek it. And we have all these, no offense, these brainwashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, these are socialists. They're acting like Nazis. They call us Nazis. Well, take a good look in the mirror, you sons of bitches. <laughs> um, what are you guys doing? You guys are wanting to fight us. You guys are wanting, I don't know how you feel about our constitutional rights. Yeah. Pro Second Amendment. I, oh, I'm very pro Second Amendment. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. You know, take my gun. You're going to go down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, hey, at least we're on the same page. Yeah. That's good because there's other people out there and, you know, I would look at their podcast and all and I was listening to yours and it's like, wow, this oh, is cool. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tend to have yeah. people from all different sides of the aisle on. Oh, same yeah. here. But, you know, I've, I've been looking, but if they're going to blast me, I'm going to be like, wow, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, so moving on. So uh, the Ohio governor's race. Typically, I have a segment every week where I talk about the midterms and the primaries, but there weren't any primaries this week, so I can't talk about it. But there was um, uh, there was uh, the Ohio – you know who John Kasich is? Uh, Trump has talked about him a few times. He's the governor of Ohio. Hey, sorry. It looks like we got cut off there for a second. Yeah. Connection sucks. <laughs> yeah. By the way, on abortion, are you pro-life or pro-choice, just out of curiosity? Um, I, I want to say pro-life. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I'm pro-life, but I'm interested because uh, I was trying to get – there's this one guy who's agreed to do a debate with for um, uh, on abortion uh, who's pro-choice. And there's this one guy who was pro-life who said he was going to do it, but he hasn't gotten back to me. So I was wondering if you'd be interested in doing – a debate with this other individual uh, who's pro-choice. If we can do it tonight, definitely. Well, I don't think we can do it tonight because I'm going to see a movie oh. tonight. But if you want to do it like sometime in the future. Yeah. I would, okay. I would like a, I would like a challenge. I would like to debate. Yeah. You know, a child's life matters. And if this dude is listening, please, you got nothing to debate about, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like to keep it civilized, but, um, Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I I could try and do it this week because uh, I think after because th- I work until three, but after three I should be I should be available. Uh, tomorrow I'm gonna do a podcast on uh, comics and stuff with somebody, but I think some other time, like I think Tuesday through Friday after three, I should be fine. All right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so let, let's get so um, there's a new Ohio governor's race this uh, this year. Um, and Mike DeWine is considered the favorite, but up until, up until recently, cause he was leading for a while in all the polls because he was an ex U S Senator 
and he's really, really well known in Ohio. And plus, John Kasich has yeah. good approval ratings, and Trump won the state by nine percentage points. So the Republicans were very much favored here. However, recently, Richard Cordray has come out and is starting to lead the Republican. Richard Cordray is the Democrat. He's all of a sudden leading the Republican Mike DeWine in the polls, you know, out of nowhere. So what are your what are yeah. your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on the midterms? How do you think the midterms are going to go this year? It's going to be a battle. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, it's how I'm looking yeah. at it. Who's going to be in control of the Senate? Are we going to have an all Democratic? Hopefully the God, that's not the case. We don't need any socialists. Yeah. We need. The socialist. Yeah. Out. Well, the thing is about I think the main problem that Republicans have is uh, history. History isn't on their side yeah. um, because typically the incumbent party does really poorly during midterms. I mean, look at 1994 when there was the Republican revolution against Bill Clinton. I mean, yeah. Republicans took back the Senate for the first time since the Reagan era. And they took back the House for the first time since the Eisenhower era. And um, yep. And then if you look at 2000, now 2002 was an exception because Republicans actually did well, even though George Bush was the incumbent. But that was because 9-11 just happened and George, H, George W. Bush's approval rating was in the 90s. If you look at, um, in two, at any other midterm, the president's approval rating has been between the 30s and the 40s. By the time Bush's approval yeah. rating was in the 80s, so that was the only reason why there was an and, exception. But then 2006's approval rating was in the 30s. Democrats took back the House and the Senate. That was also the year, fun fact, that Bernie Sanders got elected to the Senate. Yeah, I remember yep. that. Uh, and now look at this. Now that you mentioned 9-11, do you believe that was an no, inside job? No, I don't job? believe that. Okay. I don't. I don't. No, you're not. You're no, not no. I'm, I'm not an Alex Jones person. I know. Um, but um, so uh, the they haven't done really well. Um, and then uh, in Obama, Obama did really poor. Or Obama when Obama was president in 2010, 2014. In 2010, Republicans took back the House, and in 2014, they took back the Senate. Democrats. Because Obama was yep. the incumbent, so Republicans did well. And now we got a Republican in office. His approval rating, even though it's been going up, it's still in the 40s, and that's not good for midterm years. Um, no. So um, when it comes to the House, I think Republicans are really, really vulnerable because Democrats only need to gain 20 seats to take back the House. Typically, the party gains more in the first year of a midterm. I mean, go back to 2010. Republicans gained 60 seats in the House, 60 seats in one year um, or in one night, really. Uh, So they don't have that on their side. And a lot of Republicans are retiring, including the speaker, who I think has not been a very good speaker. No, Paul Ryan, he's a socialist. (laughs) Well, I think he's a look, neocon. He was I against think he's a us. neocon. Yeah. Look, he was against us during the 2016 election. Yeah. You know, and then he started to kiss ass. And now, look, he's retiring. Well, do you know who Justin Amash is? Justin Amash. Uh, I only heard of him, but I don't he's know like much about him. pretty much the most libertarian member of Congress currently. 
He's right. He's a he's a Republican, Ooh, nice. but he has the most libertarian ideas like ever. Like he's he's one of the few. Like he's friendlier friendlier towards legal immigrants than a lot of Republicans are. And he's uh, but on top of that, he's also like really pro pro small government. Like right after the Flint uh, crisis, because he lives in Michigan, like every other mem- yeah. Republican in the House voted uh, for the government to give uh, funding. Uh, to people that had been affected by Flint, and he voted against it, even though it was his home state, because he argued that that wasn't constitutional. Um, so it wasn't. And it wasn't. So when John Boehner was the speaker, he tried to get he tried to kick Justin Amash out of the Senate or out of the House, and yet in spite of that, Justin Amash was saying recently that even though he and Boehner didn't get along, Boehner was a better speaker because Boehner would like curse at him and get in a fight with him. But then eventually, Boehner, he he was a top guy. I I, I did have respect. respect for him. I and you know I'm not sure if you saw recently. He actually came around on the issue of legal marijuana. Um, because yeah. he originally was against it, but then he said recently he put this thing out that said, uh, "Listen, um, I was wrong, and I personally believe that." Um, uh, marijuana. I personally have changed my view on it, and I was wrong. And it was good because you don't see that out of a lot of politicians. I mean, they might flip flop, but they won't no. like li- literally come out and say, "Yeah, I was wrong. This was the opinion I had, and I was wrong, and my views have right. changed." So I thought that was good. But just, I think so. Oh, yeah. Sorry, bring it up. I think Schumer is going to come to our side because after seeing what Maxine Waters said and all. Look how he automatically went after her, saying that was un-American. It's like, holy you know crap. What? He actually some That's true, on. but you also got to remember that Nancy Pelosi last year called out Antifa in the same way. And look I mean, what she's still, she's, she's still yeah, not a Republican. True. I think what it was was Chuck Schumer had to do that because otherwise he was afraid that his party would look like extremists that are just calling for harassment of other individuals. Especially us. You know, Maxine Waters, she's acting like a leader, like she's in charge. Yeah. And and it's like, come on, you know, we got the midterms and all, and I get it, they want, we're seeing what's going to be coming in these upcoming months, yeah. and it's going to be hell. Well, yeah, I think, you know, I think Democrats. Sorry, I, sorry. I think Democrats have an uh, an advantage in the House. I think in terms of the governors' races, the Democrats have a chance to make a lot of gains, especially in. I think they have because I think there are like like a ton of states where there are like over ten states that Hillary Clinton won, where there are currently Republican incumbents as governors. Um, but there's but not all of them are competitive like Massachusetts and Vermont are safe Republican because uh, they have yeah. popular incumbents there. Um, but uh, the thing is, um, the Democrats would have to gain like a ton of governorships to take back the National Governors Association. So I don't anticipate them you know, doing extremely well, but I think they will make gains in places like Maine and Nevada um, and Florida, perhaps. But in terms of um, the Senate, the Senate is really – here's the thing. Republicans have more of a chance to make gains 
because you got to remember there are like 10 states where that Trump won that with current currently with uh, incumbents running for reelection that are Democrats, uh, including uh, Maine or, or not Maine, including uh, Montana and Missouri, which went to Trump by like 20 percentage points and, and Indiana, which also went to Trump by like 20 percentage points and North Dakota which went to Trump by 36 percentage points and West Virginia, which went to Trump by 42 percentage points. But the thing is um, in an anti-Trump year, well, the thing is while the Republicans have more chances to make gains, the Democrats have far fewer, they don't need to gain that many seats just to gain a majority in the house. Like right now, the two most vulnerable seats for Republicans are Nevada where unpopular incumbent Dean Heller is running again and people don't like him in Nevada and Hillary Clinton won that state so that might go to the Democrats and then Arizona uh, Trump only barely won and unpopular incumbent Jeff Flake is leaving that seat so now it's an open seat and the incumbent is unpopular there so Democrats might make a gain there so if they I hope not either but if they gain those two seats um, and keep everything else, then Democrats gain a majority. They gain a 51-49 majority. Some people also think that even though Tennessee is a, is a red state, they might be able to pick that state up after Alabama because they have a popular former governor who's a Democrat running for that seat, and he's a moderate Democrat named Phil Bredesen. And Bob Corker isn't running wow. again. So that would that would bump them up to a fifty-two forty-eight majority if they won those seats. But anyways, so what are your thoughts on the Ohio governor's race? What are your thoughts on Richard Cordray, the Democrat, leading the Republican Mike DeWine? I I think it's a bad mistake. Uh, about that people are voting for, or thinking about voting for him, because we don't need a you know we don't need the, the blue wave. We need a common yeah. ground. And that's what we're looking at. You know, as a libertarian, we want things to be right, not where how things have been shifting. And, you know, I'm looking at Colorado as well. That's another big one. And it's like we have all these politicians. We have conservatives. We have everyone coming together. And it's like, how do we know these governors are true? How do we know that they are going to give what? we the people want because it might yeah. not be the case well yeah so, speaking of yeah oh sorry continue <laughs> oh you know before ohio i'm trying to answer it right but at the same time i i haven't fully got you know fully paid attention to ohio i i will take a look at it after we get off and you know i can get a glimpse and be like okay see all right see what's going on speaking of uh the 2018 midterms uh, in Missouri, Missouri, currently Claire McCaskill is the incumbent Democratic senator there. It's an overwhelmingly red state that Trump won by nearly 20 percentage points in 2016. Um, Claire McCaskill, the Democratic incumbent who has low approval ratings, is up this year. She's considered one of the most vulnerable incumbents in the country. Um, Now, Claire McCaskill Currently, it's looking like the front runner to go up against uh, against uh, McCaskill is Josh Hawley, the Attorney General. But Josh Hawley has some problems. Here's the thing about Claire McCaskill: 
she got lucky twice because in 2006, when she was first elected, she um, narrowly defeated the incumbent Republican Jim Talent. And that, and she only won narrowly. She was losing in all the polls, but she won narrowly because it was a blue wave year that year because Bush was unpopular and the Iraq war was unpopular. Um, and then yeah. in 2012, same thing. She was one of the most in, un, uh, vulnerable incumbents. Um, but then um, and she was losing in all the polls. But then what happened was the Republican who was running had this gaffe where he said that um, that women had the ability to shut down rape after or if a woman was raped and impregnated, you know, through an because um, the issue was like um, the issue is about rape and abortion or life. Oh, yeah, but it was like choice. they said, well, what what happens if, uh, you know, a woman's raped? Can she get an abortion then? Because he was pro-life. And so he said that a woman had the ability to shut down rape. He literally said that. And boom, all his chances of getting elected were destroyed. And she ended up winning by double digits. So she got lucky twice. Wow. So now Republicans are really trying to make sure she doesn't get lucky a third time. But uh, the problem is the Republican that's running, who's the front runner, Josh Hawley, he's the attorney general of the state of Missouri. Not the best candidate. Um, so he's only been attorney. He took office as attorney general only a year ago. And like a couple, like seven yeah. months after becoming attorney general, he announced his candidacy for Senate. Um, it should also be noted that there is yeah. a libertarian. Do you know who, uh, yeah. Do you know who Austin <laughs> Peterson is? He was no. the runner-up for president for the Libertarian nomination in 2016. Uh, oh, wow. he, he came right behind uh, Gary Johnson. He is running for the Senate as a Republican himself, and I've supported him. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's get him in. But unfortunately, Trump has decided to uh, to endorse career politician Josh Hawley, and people have called him a la- Josh Hawley a ladder climber. Because a year ago, or when he was running for attorney general, he criticized politicians that were that just beca- used their office to catapult themselves to higher offices, and used the analogy of people climbing up a ladder to another job, climbing up from one job to the other. So after doing that, seven after putting out that ad, he decided to run for the Senate seven months after taking office as attorney general. So people have criticized him for not taking his own advice and have called him a ladder climber. But um, so the RNC recently did a corrupt thing to try and make sure that Austin Peterson doesn't win the nomination, which is uh, fund Josh Hawley before the primaries are up. I don't know why. Yeah, we need to get we need to get our our guy in. You know, Trump should be like, hey, I want this guy, not. The yeah. other one. And I get it. He's got favorites, but, you know, let's look what this yeah. guy has to offer. He should be looking at yeah. all the choices, not, oh, I want, I want this person. No, Trump, you're not yeah. thinking. And there's you're... currently a petition with a lot of signatures to get Trump to rescind his endorsement of Josh Hawley. But uh, Trump is Trump, so I don't know how well that's going to work. But uh, us. Yeah, hopefully, oh. but Austin Peterson and Tony Minetti and other candidates in that race have been criticizing that, and Cortland Sykes, who's another candidate in that race. But anyways, 
so let's move on. Um, there was a protest in Chicago again for gun control. But here's the thing. They were blocking all the cars and they were blocking traffic and everything. And they started this ginormous traffic jam and it led to, they were afraid that the protesters would get hurt. So they actually had to get the Chicago state police or the Chicago state troopers down there to protect the protesters. And the governor of Illinois, who is a Republican named Bruce Rauner criticized the protests and, uh, and said they were horrible. And uh, he criticized the Democratic mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, for not doing more to criticize them. Um, but Rahm Emanuel said that they were nonviolent and have criticized and said to him, delete your account. So they got into this huge Twitter war together, the Republican governor of Illinois and the Democratic gov- mayor of Chicago. So I don't know what your thoughts on it are. I just think it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. One, you know, I'm looking at it. It's like, it feels like we're in middle school or mm-hmm. high school, you know. And it's like, all right, you know, we got these protesters. Not only that, we have the Chicago's, not Chicago, Illinois governor and Chicago's mayor going at it. It's like, you know, it feels like we are exactly in yeah. school, and it's. Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, obviously, I I hate gun control. In fact, because I just graduated from high school. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I hate gun control, and I've always told people, I was like, you guys are pro gun control. Stay yeah. the hell away from me. You're not taking yeah. my fucking. But gun. I, because I, a few months ago when I was still in high school, uh, they had a walkout, and I chose not to participate in it because I thought it was ridiculous. Oh, my school did, and I didn't participate in it because I didn't agree with that. Yeah, look at David Hogg, you know? He's he's acting like he's the big shot. Yeah, well, I mean, I do feel a little bit bad for David Hogg because when when you are a survivor of a school shooting, I get that when you are a survivor of a school shooting, that is going to change your perception and you are... But, yeah. like, the problem, I think, is mainly that the media is using the trauma of these kids to try and push a political agenda. And then start an all-out war between us. Yeah, and, and well, yeah, and try left. and alienate people too. That's that's also bad. Trying to strip us of our freedom of speech, our guns. We got local groups that are protesting, causing violence. Especially, you know, think of last Saturday in Portland. Look how that went. That went mm. to hell. Fights were breaking out, and cops were just standing there. And it's like, you know. They're telling us to get away from them. They started a fight with us. We are defending Mm. ourselves. So my question is, why are the cops standing down and letting our enemy hit us? And especially, I guess there is an IED, a couple IED explosives thrown at us. Not as bad where you're blowing to hell. Mm. But I guess people were taking videos of it, of them throwing these canisters. And it's like, what the hell? Yeah. And it's and it's like, come on, this is about gun control and all? It seems like our enemies are the ones who are gaining mm. our weapons. And it, yeah. So gun control comes in effect. We know it's going to go down yeah. badly because we're not going to give up our guns. Yeah. But if it 
if it comes down to it, where President Trump has to order that, and hope to God he doesn't. I'm praying. Don't get me wrong. I do like he is second. Well, I, did you pro. hear what he said after Parkland, though? He said uh, he can take the gun he away. He said take the guns yeah. first, have due process second. Stupid, stupid. Yeah. I mean, oh, so, God. And the, the worst part was how Republicans weren't condemning him for saying that because because they were like, being bullied on. by you know? the media into supporting gun control. It's like, imagine if Barack Obama said that. Imagine if Barack Obama said... We'll we'll have we'll take the guns first and then have due process second. You know, every Republican would be going after him, but because oh, Almighty you know, Trump, we can will do nothing wrong. We can't criticize him. But yeah, and it's like, come on, you know, you guys, what, what, why gun control? Guns are actually protecting us. Yeah, you know, why not have knife control? We're trying to do control. knife control in England like, right now. Well, I wish we can do that here. Well, you know, for certain yeah. gangs. Because it's like, you Democrats are so fucking retarded. Sorry for <laughs> the language. Um, but they are so retarded. They're like, oh, we, we're, we need to confiscate your guns. Really? What about the people that are chopping us up into pieces? They continue that? Yeah. Why not attack the knives? The swords? Or whatever the hell that they have. We should have the right to carry a yeah. gun. It's The gun is not bad. It's just how the person uses the gun that's bad. All right. You know, the gun is a gun. It has no legs. It has no face. It can't even freaking yeah. talk. So it's like, oh, guns are bad. Really? You mean the person who's operating the gun is not bad? But the gun is controlling the person to go out yeah. and kill people? No, well, then it's also it's a property rights issue, too, I think. Yeah. yeah that's how I view it. Um, but anyways, so on another topic, uh, Mexico. So Mexico had an election this week, and uh, they elected a progressive to be, who I think is a, so- a socialist named... Socialist. Andreas yep. Manuel Lopez Abrador, and he defeated the incumbent president, uh, and he has invited Donald Trump and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to his inauguration. What are your thoughts on this? Sure, I think it's a it's a trap. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, I want because with him being a socialist, we got a president who's. In the mix of, you know, a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I hope Trump will change and can, you know, be the president like he promised us. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see, you know, and it's like, come on, I respect the man. But now I get we got space for us. I'm happy about that. You're you're happy about that. Well, it to a certain level. Yeah. I mean, my sorry. I'm not trying to yeah. get my only problem with it is well, my main problem with it is uh, first of all, does he have a constitutional right? Because America doesn't own space, the military doesn't own space, and no, so I think that's a little there's that, and then also it's gonna yeah. take a lot of taxpayer money, it's probably gonna take like 23 trillion dollars in spending to get done. Yes, sure, 
Yeah, new equipment, new guns, you name it. Yeah. So you know, at least we're on, at least we're on the same page here, which mm-hmm. is good, you know. And hey, whatever difference, we work it out, shake hands. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so um, another thing I was going to talk about was uh, Jimmy Fallon. So another joke. <laughs> so if you remember, uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, used to be one of the most neutral people about Trump, one of the most neutral late night hosts when it came to Donald Trump. So yeah. he was, um, you, know, you remember he had Trump on his show. He got criticized for that. But there's a scene where he like played with his hair a little bit. And that was it. And everybody yeah. said, you humanize Donald Trump. How dare you do that? And it's like he just played with his hair. But recently, uh, Jimmy Fallon apologized for humanizing Trump. And uh, Trump tweeted back at him. And then he criticized Trump and said he was uh, going to help immigrant organizations and stuff. So what are your thoughts on wow. um, what Jimmy Fallon's doing? I think Jimmy Fallon was either, you you don't do this for us, your show is going to be canceled, and we will silence mm-hmm. you. So, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. It's it's a sticky situation, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, um, do you know who Michael Cohen is? Michael so Cohen, I guess yeah. He's, Trump's attorney. He's deleting all his Twitter history of Trump, and now it's making it look like he's no longer going to be uh, loyal to Trump. I knew that was going to happen, and, you know, I get it. The president was like, oh, he's loyal to me. After He got threatened. Michael Cohen, we both know this, he yeah. got threatened. And it's like, okay, okay, I don't want my family hurt. You know, I don't want anything bad to happen to my family. I'll, you know, he'll start off something. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything else you want to say about that? Um, I just look at it, you know, Michael Cohen, I don't get me wrong, I, I respected him and all, mm-hmm. but it's just, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Especially as we're coming in to the, the midterm months, you know, we're going to see who's all going to be, what, who's all going to battle come November yeah. 8th. Okay, so I think that's all the uh, the issues I had to talk about today. Um, I had other people who came on and talked about... Oh, by the way, who would you like to see for the Supreme Court pick? Oh, man. Honestly, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping I know for wrong, Raymond but... Kethledge because he's libertarian-ish. Same here. I want yeah. him. Brett Kavanaugh I don't want because he was pro-Obamacare. Yeah. We do not need pro Obamacare. We need, we need to actually get a good majority in that, in the justice system. Yeah. You know, forget about what the Dems are saying. They are not a party. They are, as I'm looking at it, like a, you know, they are a They're tribe. A They're like a tribe, as Larry Sharp would say. Yeah, and pretty much a regime that I don't know how you feel about open borders and all. Yeah, well, here I, it's interesting you you say that. I mean, I'm not for open borders, but what's your opinion on abolishing ICE? Um, I support ICE. Yeah, 
I don't know how you feel. Like I said, I'm not yeah. trying to make any enemies. Here's what I typically say about ICE. Like, when a liberal says abolish ICE, I say, okay, we can abolish ICE. That's fine. But first, we have to abolish the IRS and the EPA and the Department of Education yeah. and the Department of Transportation and and the TSA yeah. and all these other big agencies that we don't need and all these big bureaucracies and uh and then we can abolish ice and i see all these liberals like joe brand who say oh we need to abolish ice and create something more humane it's like no it's either we abolish ice completely or we leave it as it is i mean yeah because it's like liberals aren't gonna be i mean listen if you're trying to reform it i I have a feeling the left is not gonna be happy until they turn it into the Department of Hugs and Cuddles. Uh, yeah. I know, right? Oh, hugs and cuddles. Oh, come here. It's okay. Yeah. And no, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. We apologize. We abo- you know, it's pretty much they're trying to, to abolish our police department. Yes, we got cops yeah. that are bad. They need to yeah. with. But the cops who are the good guys, oh, we need to abolish all of them. There are some good cops that are out there busting their ass yeah. for us. Well, and then that's the thing. I think um, it, it depends upon how you look at it. If you're looking at it as, oh, they're so mean, they're just mean people, then that's not really a good reason to abolish ICE. But if you're looking at it from the yeah. perspective of it's a big government bureaucracy, then, okay, I'm fine with abolishing ICE for that reason, if that's your reasoning. But yeah, it yeah. depends upon the lens you look at it. Um, Thank you for joining me. I think that's all the issues I had to talk about. Um, thank uh, you. No problem. Hopefully we can yeah, do this again. Happy 4th of July, by the way. This was the 4th of July episode since this came out the week of the 4th of July. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, happy 4th. Yeah, or happy Independence <laughs> Day, as I like to say. Happy Independence yes. Day. And and keep me know, posted about when... I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the guy about the abortion debate, too. Yeah. Let's, yeah. You know, let's do this. You know, let's get the message yeah. out. Knowing that. We, the people, still have a chance. And, you know, forget about the fake press. Start actually looking at real news like us, you know, us typical guys. We are giving out the truth. We are seeing the stories. The fake press won't give out the full story. No, they rather give out half and then twist it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So anything else you have to say before we go? Oh, no. Just nice meeting you. And hopefully be on again. (laughs) Love to have you on. Bye. All right.